Yes, indeed. Miami Hurricanes offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis has been fired. But what do we do next? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and free on YouTube. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. So now that, you know, the frenzy of Josh Gaddis being fired is wearing off, we can start to think about what happens next. Now, on this episode, I will be going through potential candidates, okay, because there's a long list out there. Some of them sound pretty realistic. Some of them sound pretty darn unrealistic. But I do want to throw some names out and give my thoughts on those. So that is absolutely coming up on this episode. But before we get to the names of those who might replace the fired Miami Hurricanes offensive coordinator, we've got to talk about the timeline of how quickly he might be replaced. Okay. Now, it took this long just to let him go. And, you know, I believe as, you know, a couple months have elapsed since the end of the season, about two months. I believe the reason why it took this long is Mario Cristobal was giving Josh Gaddis time to land somewhere else and find another job. And that didn't happen. It hasn't happened. So I think eventually it got to a point where Cristobal decided just for the good of the program and for the good of the staff, we need to initiate this move now that this is no longer an option to do it on Gaddis's timeline. We need to do it on our timeline. Now, I don't know if any of that had to do with Gaddis, maybe wanting to make sure he received his full buyout before he did something. I can only speculate on that. But I think the reason why it took this long to let him go is because he has been looking around for other jobs in the meantime. So if it did take Cristobal this long just to fire the current OC, how long is it going to take to replace him? Is this going to drag out for months? That's a question being asked by a lot of people out there. I don't believe it will. I think that the timeline on this was actually um, leaked based on the comments made by a Miami Hurricanes quarterback recruit, uh, Luke Moga, who visited Miami this past week and had uh, a FaceTime session with Mario Cristobal. And apparently Luke Moga, he asked Cristobal, hey, what's going on with the coaching situation here? And Moga told Kane Sport, Matt Shodell of Kane Sport, about the conversation he had with Cristobal, and Moga let the cat out of the bag, okay? Uh, he said, uh, Mario told him they expect to have a new offensive coordinator in place in the next week or so. So, okay, if Cristobal is telling that to prospective offensive players, and Moga's a class of 2024, but if he's telling prospective Miami Hurricanes that we are, you know, that would tell me maybe by the end of next week, Miami has a new coordinator. So it sounds to me like even though it took this long to relieve the guy you had of his duties, it may not take that long to replace him. And obviously, the faster Cristobal can get someone in the building, the better. Because it gives the new coordinator, whoever that's going to be, the most possible time to prepare for spring football in March. That's going to be here before we know it. Also, the longer you wait 
the more candidates you might lose out on to other openings, whether it be in college or in the NFL, because that coaching carousel is turning, right? It's like a game of musical chairs. If you wait too long and then the music stops, you're just left with whoever doesn't have a chair. So you don't necessarily want to wait longer than you have to, because some of the candidates that you're interested in may take another job instead of waiting on your job. Okay. So that's one of the reasons why you want to get this done as quickly as possible. Now, with that said, I do want to emphasize, I don't want to sacrifice getting the right coordinator in favor of getting it done quickly. In an ideal world, you want to get the perfect candidate in within the next week. But if you feel like the perfect candidate maybe makes you wait a little bit and work on it for a little bit longer than you'd like to, Sometimes you have to play that game as well. So as much as I'd like this to get done within the next few days or even the next few hours, hey, oh, how, how fun would that be? Um, you don't want to sacrifice getting the right person just to get someone in here quickly. So you want to make sure you get the right offensive coordinator in here. But you know, another reason why fast is better is, in Miami's case, you actually have three jobs to fill, even if two of them are probably going to go to the same person. Miami needs not only an offensive coordinator, but they need a quarterback's coach and a wide receiver's coach. I think the most sensible way to do this would be to get your offensive coordinator in first, and hopefully you get an OC who can also double as your quarterback's coach. And then from there, your new OC can help you pick a wide receiver's coach. You'd like him to be involved in that process. You know, I've had a few people ask me today if I think Mario already knows who the new OC is. If, you know, he fired Gaddis knowing exactly who the replacement is. I guess I wouldn't rule that out because if they've known for weeks, if not months, that Gaddis is out, you would figure that there have been some conversations had. That's just the way the world works. Like, I honestly don't think, though, I don't think any final decision has been made, but I'm sure conversations have been had with certain folks out there or agents of certain folks in order to gauge interest. Now, um, I want on the other side not only to give you names of people I believe Miami are and will be interested in for this offensive coordinator job and potentially doubling as uh, a quarterback's coach or even doubling as a wide receiver's coach because I think there are a couple candidates out there to fit that bill. I also want to talk about the qualities that this next OC needs to have, that you need to make sure whoever you bring in isn't Josh Gaddis 2.0 or, you know, Dan Enos 2.0 from the Manny Diaz days. Like, you need to make sure you get someone who's actually going to improve on the problems that Miami had offensively this year. But I'll tell you, a big improvement in my life has been finding FanDuel Sportsbook. We're so excited about our new sports betting partner here on Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, you can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. It's all on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use so football fans do not miss out place your first five dollar bet to get 150 dollars free in free bets win or lose at fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel official sportsbook partner of the nfl thank you so much for making locked on canes your first listen today so when you're replacing josh gaddis whoever the next offensive coordinator is 
They need to be a strong recruiter, okay? Everyone on this staff needs to pull their weight on the trail, and Gaddish wasn't doing that. The next OC, they need to be someone who's willing to actually collaborate with others and check their ego at the door because it's better to win together than lose alone. Am I right? They also, and I can't emphasize this enough because I think this is the big, this is a big area where Gaddis, I thought, failed on the field. You need to do a better job adapting to your talent. Why did it take several weeks into the season last year for Gaddis and former quarterbacks coach Frank Ponce to finally sit down in a room with Tyler Van Dyke and actually adapt the playbook to his strengths because they didn't do that until right before the North Carolina game. Shouldn't have taken that long into the season. That should have happened during fall camp at the very latest, if not during spring. The play calling also, it was never proactive. So even, even if you run a simple offense, like you don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel, but a simple offense needs to be intuitive, okay? So whoever um, whoever gets this job, I think, needs to adapt better to the talent. They need to collaborate with others because we've talked about this before, how there was like an iron curtain between Josh Gaddis and Frank Ponce, the quarterback's coach, where, you know, they, you know, Gaddis wasn't taking any of Ponce's input. And I don't think they had a very, a very good professional relationship. And, you know, your entire offense can only suffer from that. It can only suffer from that. So who might the next offensive coordinator be? Let's start with some names first that we haven't talked about as much on the show because I don't want to feel like I'm throwing out the same two or three names every time, okay? So let, let's talk about some names first that we haven't talked about as much. So virtually every publication since Gaddis was let go, including the South Florida Sun Sentinel, uh, everyone is listing former Nebraska head coach Scott Frost as a candidate. And I believe he absolutely could be, especially due to the fact that he's, you know, he's out of a job. You wouldn't have to pay a buyout to get him. He's not working right now. And Mario Cristobal, from what I can understand, has a lot of respect for Frost. Uh, Frost learned under Chip Kelly, served uh, as his wide receiver coach in Oregon. Uh, you know, obviously the Nebraska tenure as head coach didn't go very well, but Frost's tenure at UCF went very well. You know, they got that uh, that national championship of theirs in 2017. But whether you buy into that national title or not, it was an excellent season for UCF. Um, you know, that year, 2017, their offense averaged 48 freaking points per game. So Frost, he's cut his teeth as an offensive coach. He's proven in that regard, uh, and he's not currently working. So, you know. He'd, he'd probably, if they haven't called him, he's probably called them, all right? So that's one to think about. Uh, he, here's another. I don't think we brought this name up at all on the show. How about T. Martin? T. Martin, he's currently in the NFL. And I, I do believe that this search will be open to NFL assistant coaches in addition to college offensive coordinators and former offensive coordinators because – one of the great resources you have is Alonzo Highsmith, who knows everybody in NFL circles. So I do believe there will be an NFL component to this search. And T. Martin is an interesting name for a bunch of reasons. He's currently the wide receivers coach with the Baltimore Ravens. He's a former offensive coordinator at USC, so he has experience there. Obviously, the end of his tenure didn't go very well. Uh, and another thing about T. Martin is his son, Caden, plays on Miami's baseball team. So, you know. A lot easier to visit the kid if you're coaching down here. Uh, you know, he was named, was Martin. He seems to fit the bill from a recruiting standpoint, because I mentioned Mario Cristobal loves to surround himself with great recruiters. T. Martin, back in 2016, was named National Recruiter of the Year. 
So that's a guy you know can carry his weight on the trail. Now, the next name is not known to enjoy the recruiting trail. So I wonder about this one. If you could get Dan Mullen, though, that would be a home run. Now, let me first say about Mullen. I have serious doubts as to whether Dan Mullen would actually be interested in the job. But there is a report out there. Just want to throw, I, I don't want you guys to think I'm just stirring up rumors for the sake of stirring them up because this there is a report out there that Mullen is in Coral Gables today. I haven't been able to personally confirm it, but there are there are reports and rumors out there. Uh, but, you know, another reason why I have doubts about Dan Mullen actually wanting the job is he reportedly turned down the offensive coordinator job at Alabama. So I don't know how Miami's opening would be more attractive than that one unless they like literally backed up a Brinks truck full of cash into his front yard. Plus, um, and I'll emphasize this again, Dan Mullen has gone on record in the past in saying that I think the part of college coaching that he enjoys least is recruiting. He doesn't enjoy the trail the way that some coaches like Mario Cristobal clearly do. So I, I don't know if he would be as much of a fit here from that standpoint. But if you're going purely based on offensive mind, play caller, Mullen would be a home run. So proven. So, you know, if if there is actual juice to the reports that he's in town, you know, if he is in town, I, I hope he's talking to Mario because that would be, you know, recruiting aside, that could be a home run hire. Um, another name that I keep seeing come up is Tommy Reese. So the offensive coordinator right now at Notre Dame. Now with Reese, it's a double-edged sword because on one side, I know Mario Cristobal likes him because they tried to get him last year. But then on the flip side of that, Apparently, he turned the job down last year, the same job that Gaddis took. He ultimately, he decided to stay with the Fighting Irish, and Notre Dame is his alma mater. Uh, Reese, he's one of these up-and-comers, right? He's only 30 years old, uh, but the offensive philosophy at Notre Dame seems very much in line with what Cristobal likes to do, and Reese seems uh, to be a lot better at adapting to his personnel than Josh Gaddis was. So if Miami can kick the tires again on Tommy Reese, maybe they'll have better luck than they had last year because, uh, you know, reportedly it came down to Gaddis versus Reese last year before Reese ultimately didn't want the job and Josh Gaddis did. So I'll, I'll throw, here's a name I'll throw out there again, even though the circumstances are weird. Okay. But let me throw out the name Jason Candle. So even though Jason Candle just signed a contract extension to remain head coach at Toledo, I throw his name out there because, you know, we already know Mario likes him because he tried to hire him last year. Candle was one of the first candidates Miami reached out to. Uh, and, you know, because Miami, they were actually paying Josh Gaddis more money to be their OC than Candle is currently making to be the head coach at Toledo. So perhaps, perhaps Candle could be swayed by the contract offer. But that that's a problem in itself because the fact that Jason Candle has just signed an extension with Toledo, that probably makes the Toledo buyout, you know, way, way more expensive. So I don't know. Uh, but I want to throw that name out there because I know Miami has been interested. We're going to bring up some of the more familiar names when we come back. Uh, some of the names we've been throwing out there for the last few days, but absolutely names to watch. So keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And make sure for your second listen, you guys check out Locked on College Basketball. It's the newest show on the Locked On College Network, and Andy Patton and Isaac Shade do a, just a tremendous job 
taking you around the college hoop la- hoops landscape with the biggest guests, players, coaches, analysts, Locked On College Basketball, available on uh, YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. For Miami's offensive coordinator opening, James Coley's name needs to be brought up again, and I will never stop bringing it up. Um, now, the thing about Coley is he may end up with a spot on the staff, even if it's not offensive coordinator, because I think bringing him in as wide receivers coach is not out of the question either. Uh, you know, James Coley, his salary at Texas A&M right now as their tight ends coach is reportedly only $425,000. So, you know, it seems like if you pay him seven figures like Josh Gaddis was making, it didn't, shouldn't be too hard to get him back down to South Florida. Coley, he knows Mario Cristobal very well. He knows Miami very well. He's coached here before. He knows South Florida very well, having the background he has. And James Coley recruits like a freaking madman. Just makes too much sense to give this guy a call. And I'm confident that he would be interested in an opportunity at Miami. So Coley is definitely a name to watch, whether it's for offensive coordinator or for quarterbacks coach or wide receiver or some combination of those three things. Uh, he's definitely someone to look at. You know, another familiar name, at least familiar to Cristobal, even if it's not familiar to some of you guys, Marcus Arroyo is a name worth mentioning. Recently fired as UNLV's head coach. Uh, UNLV is paying him over $2 million in the buyout. So you might be able to get him on a little bit of a discount on the salary because he's making so much from the previous employer. Like that's the case with Kevin Steele. Like uh, Miami's not paying defensive coordinator Kevin Steele that much money because he's making so much money from his uh, his Auburn buyout from before that. And Marcus Arroyo, there's you know a great connection in history between him and Cristobal. Arroyo was the OC for Cristobal in 2018 and 2019 at Oregon. And in those two seasons, they won two Pac-12 championships and a Rose Bowl together before Arroyo. Uh, that He left on good terms to become the head coach at UNLV. And it was actually a little bit surprising to people out there that UNLV fired him because even though like their team is bad, they were a dumpster fire before he took over UNLV and they were getting a little bit better every year. So it was, it was surprising he got the ax there. And when Marcus Arroyo was at Oregon, their offenses averaged 35 points per game. So that's a lot better than the 19.4 points per game Miami averaged against um, FCS schools uh, last year. FBS school, I should say. Because, uh, you know, I, I think the average went up a little bit if you included the Bethune-Cookman game, but only against FBS schools. Miami averaged is 19.4 points per game last year. That was rough. So definitely keep the name Marcus Arroyo in your mind. What about Cliff Kingsbury? Is old Clifford, is he a target? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Not a realistic one, though, I don't think. Um, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, he's making a ton of money from his Arizona Cardinals buyout, and he seems pretty content just to stay on vacation and hang out for the next year before getting back into coaching. Plus, Kingsbury, if he takes a year off, he can probably get right back into like head coaching in college somewhere. Because uh, he already kind of missed the boat on that by the time Arizona fired him. Plus, it seems kind of hard to imagine Mario Cristobal employing an air raid offense. You know, that would be just such a departure from his philosophy. Uh, now, now, here's an interesting thing about Kingsbury. I might as well bring this up since I, I brought up the reports about Dan Mullen allegedly being in Coral Gables. I might as well bring this up. So I, I've seen this on, on message boards and on Twitter. People on Twitter were supposedly tracking a Kingsbury flight into Opelika Airport today. Uh, that's like a, a 
private executive airport that, you know, private jets and business people use. So a guy like Kingsbury, if he's coming in for an interview, unlikely he would fly into Miami International Airport. More likely he would fly into somewhere like Opelika Airport. But honestly, um, I don't know where people come up with this stuff, if they're actually looking at flight records or if they're just trolling. So I don't know if this thing about Kingsbury supposedly landing at Opelika is the truth or if it's just an Internet troll. But thought I might as well throw that out there. What about Joe Brady? So Joe Brady, that's the man who coached Joe Burrow in the best quarterbacking season in college football history. I believe this is a call you have to make. Even if he doesn't pick up the phone, I believe Joe Brady is a call you have to make. Uh, he's currently the quarterback coach with the Buffalo Bills. He's been in the NFL for the past few years now since uh, since leaving LSU. I don't know if he wants to get back into the college ranks. Now, someone else, I don't know if they want to get back into the college ranks, is Joe Brady's co-worker, Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator in Buffalo, and one of the greatest Miami Hurricanes of all time inevitably you're going to see his name in everybody's tweets. You're going to hear his name in everybody's Twitter spaces. You're going to see his name listed as like a hopeful candidate for this OC job at Miami. And, you know, okay. So Dorsey, he didn't get the Carolina Panthers head coaching job, which I don't know, maybe that slightly increases Miami's chances of getting Dorsey home, but still I want to rain on this parade a little bit because still from everything I understand, Ken seems happy in Buffalo, coordinating their offense, working with Josh Allen. I know the Buffalo season, obviously, uh, they, they, they made a, a nice playoff run, but they got you know embarrassed at the end of the day by Cincinnati. So it didn't end on a high note. But it seems like Ken is is happy in Buffalo. And more importantly, it, it seems like he wants to stay in the NFL. And even if he doesn't get an NFL head coaching job this cycle, it doesn't mean he won't necessarily be one of the hottest candidates in the next cycle. So he seems to want to be in the NFL. Uh, but at the same time, I get it from the perspective of every Hurricanes fan who lived through the 2001 season. Dorsey would be a dream hire. And he does know Cristobal very well. You know, they're fellow alums. And Mario was on the coaching staff when Dorsey won a title and should have won multiple titles. But, um, you know, Dorsey, probably only a pipe dream right now. So... There you have it. And if you guys want to add anyone to the list that I, I didn't talk about or should be talking about, because I know that there are others, I, I streamlined my list a little bit just to talk about candidates that, you know, not all the candidates I listed are realistic, but I wanted to talk about names that I feel are relevant and in the news and people Miami should call. So if I left anybody off the list of prospective offensive coordinators at the University of Miami, let me know. And folks, I'm excited to see how this plays out. And yeah, if, if anything breaks over the weekend, we'll do emergency episodes. I'm going to keep my calendar open enough that I'll be able to come at you sometime on, on Saturday and or Sunday if necessary. And we will talk to you again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.